namanga legazoko lada brine katole ne baba lebazoko lada brine katole ne manga nangle de bozoko lada brine katele ne mangle nangle da boroko to sekele de brine katolo da baya nangle de bosoki anabaha father we rejoice that we have access tonight into the deep things of god by the holy spirit thank you for the privilege to receive your word again today thank you for everyone that is connected to the service around the world Father, we rejoice that we are gifted revelation knowledge. So I decree that veils full of clarity comes by your word. Your people built up, equipped, and edified. And I take authority over sickness and disease and every oppression of the enemy. Satan, get your hands off of God's property. I command your body to be healed and quickened by the power of God's word. By the end of this service, we decree that Jesus will be glorified and the body of Christ will be edified. We give you praise for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer sees it powerfully. Amen. Glory to God. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the world. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name. And every believer says that. Amen like thunder. Glory to God. We want to welcome everybody to the service tonight by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all the various platforms where we have all of you connected and our, our radio audience here in Aquaibom State, both on Comfort FM and XL FM. It's a joy to have all of you connected to the service. Hey guys, you get ready. We're going to have a blast in the study of God's Word tonight. Invite a friend, a neighbor, somebody. It's going to be a powerful time of studying. And all our house centers and campuses around the world. It's a joy to be able to connect with all of you again today as we study the word of his grace. Grab your notebook, your Bible, and your, your pen. Let's get into an intensive study of God's word tonight. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self. Glory to God. <clears throat> Glory to God. All right. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 1. We are looking at the legal and vital work of salvation. The legal and vital work of salvation, Soteria, season 7. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time we should let them sleep. Verse 2. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Look at that word, the emotion there. So great salvation. We've established that salvation is the crux of the message of the scriptures. In the book of Second Timothy, chapter 3, verse number 15, Brother Paul writes a letter to Timothy, a protege of his, and he says to Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. That the scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation. That the mission of the scriptures is to bring you to a place of skillfulness in the salvation that you have by faith in Christ Jesus. And we began to lay some foundation yesterday as we began to examine the depth of this salvation and what this salvation truly means to us who are in Christ Jesus. 
Yesterday we established that there are some words we have to examine to be able to understand the intent, the depths of this redemption. We looked at a word called exogorazo. Exogorazo implies to buy something. It deals with the price of something. Exagorazo. You know, when you buy a car with, with money, with 5,000 or with 1 million, the, the exagorago of that car is the amount, the price paid. That's the word exagorago. Exagorazo. Then we also saw another word, the word lutro. Lutro, it deals with the consequences of the payment. That is, it goes beyond what was paid and deals with circumstance of the payment. It's from a word, luthrosis, in the Greek, luthrosis. Luthrosis refers to the release, what came out of the price that was paid. Then there is another Greek word, apolothrosis. Apolothrosis refers to the things that accrued because of the price that was paid. Now, some scriptures that deals with those things, let's read quickly and then move into the subject for today. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Galatians chapter 3 verse number 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the cause of the law. Being made a cause for us, for it is written, cause is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Next verse, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we may receive the promise of the spirit through faith. That is the price paid. Jesus was made a cause for us. Look at Titus chapter 2 verse 14. Titus chapter 2 verse 14. Titus chapter 2 verse 14. Who gave himself for us. That he might redeem us from all iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works so now he talks about the redeeming from which is the consequence of it so he deals with the effect of the redemption look at first peter chapter 1 verse 18 first peter chapter 1 verse 18 for as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers Received by tradition from your fathers. So he deals with being redeemed from vain conversation or aimless conduct. Now look at Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12 where you find the word lutrosis. Hebrews chapter 9 verse number 12. Hebrews 9 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. So the consequence of what was paid is still eternity. That is, it won't be paid again. That is, this price paid makes it impossible for the owner to be changed. So it deals with the consequences of the price paid. Then look at Hebrews 9.15. Let's examine Apollothrosis. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15. And for this cause is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So people have committed sins under the Old Testament. And Jesus paid the price for what they had done. 
And because of that, they have now received the promise of eternal inheritance. That is, these people will not be charged again for what they have done. Under that dispensation, it was written by the law that if you do this, this is what will happen. Jesus came and paid the price. That price nullifies that covenant or that commandment. That price that Jesus paid nullifies that commandment and render it of non-effect for the people whom Jesus paid the price for. That price has nullified the decree. That is the word apolotrosis. It nullifies something. Look at Romans chapter 3 verse 24. Romans chapter 3 verse 24. I love this scripture. Being justified freely. Glory to God. Being justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. He uses the same word, a release. Through the prize, the prize for the release that is in Christ Jesus. The prize for that release from captivity is what Christ did on the cross in his death and in his resurrection. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Please pay attention. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. So we have the forgiveness of sins. That is forgiveness of sins is our inheritance by a third party intervention. Put that scripture again, that Ephesians 1, 7. I love that rendition. In whom we have, have. We are not going to have. We have redemption through his blood. When you see the word blood, it means his sacrificial work. The forgiveness of sins. How? According to the riches of his grace. Not according to the confession of our sins. Our forgiveness is based on the riches of his grace. Alright? Look at, you can read this one at home. Romans 8.23 Ephesians 1.14 Ephesians 4.30 And we will read this in the course of this, but you can read it now for your personal study. So we see that Jesus, in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12, the effect of of the price that he paid to sin is eternal. Because the word redemption actually deals with slaves. The word redemption actually deals with slaves. In Leviticus chapter 25, it talks about the liberty of the slaves. That a slave is brought somewhere. For example, somebody fights a battle, conquers a city, and takes the people of that city as refugees or slaves he makes them to work for him he has a legitimate reason why he is the slave on owner or somebody goes to buy slaves he pays and owns them and brings them to come and work for him then someone comes in and tells the slave owner i want to buy over your slaves so he pays the slave owner and then when he pays, he tells the slave owner, I'm paying you for their lifetime. So he pays to own the slave for the slave's lifetime. So from that point, the slave belongs to the guy who bought till eternity. 
That's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus paid till eternity. It is called eternal redemption. That is why there is an eternal prize. Eternal prize that gave us eternal redemption. In every age and dispensation, the prize has been paid. For our children, for our children's children, for people that will be born in the next hundred years if Jesus tarries, in that one single death of Jesus, he paid for their freedom. He paid the price for their release. And he paid the price for their eternal freedom from the consequences of slavery and sin. It means if you look from here till the end of time, the price has been paid. The effect of this lutrosis is that the release that comes from it is eternal. The release that comes from lutrosis is eternal. The freedom that it brought is an eternal freedom. It's not just a gift giving. Uh-uh. The freedom that we got by what Jesus did is an eternal freedom. It's not a temporal freedom. It's not a conditional freedom. It is eternal. That is, that, that is referring to the effect. That the effect of what Jesus did, the freedom that was purchased based on the price is an eternal freedom or an eternal release. What we have is eternal. Having said that, let's look at what is vital here. That the price paid by Jesus now relates with eternity. The price that Jesus paid relates with eternity. Eternal means it cannot be changed. It cannot be changed. So, he came and paid for slaves. Two things happen. Number one, when you pay for slaves, the slave is no longer the, under the slave owner. The slave is no longer under the slave owner. The moment a slave is paid for, he is free from the slave owner. Do you know, that is how people still see salvation. Like Jesus came and paid the price for my sins. So Satan, you have no more hold over me. But don't forget, it is an apolotrosis. That is, it deals with an action. It deals with an action. So Jesus paid the price and made it impossible for man to be repurchased. Jesus paid the price because it's apolotrosis. After paying, he now makes it impossible for man to be repurchased. That is why something like losing salvation doesn't come in at all. Now, what he has done is he has set you on an eternal course. So for whatever reason, he bought it, it's eternal. The salvation Jesus provided has eternal effect. Eternal effect. You know, people think that when you teach that people are eternally saved, you want to give people a license to sin. But brother, he- brother Hagin, Kenneth Hagin said, people have been sinning without license. People don't need a license to sin. But you see, what we are actually saying when we teach like that is not to give people a license to do whatever they want to do. Because if you still do and undo because the price was paid, it means you are not yet free in your mind. You are not yet free in your mind. It just shows that you have not walked into the liberty that has been purchased for you. 
You are not standing fast in the liberty that Christ has made available. You are actually a freed man who is still in bondage. You are actually a freed man who is still in bondage. As long as you keep thinking that because of what Jesus has done, you can do and undo. Because Jesus did not free us to be living anyhow. Rather, he freed us from living anyhow. He didn't free us to live anyhow. He freed us from living anyhow. So what we are celebrating is the eternal nature of what Jesus has done. The eternal nature of what Jesus has done. That today, tomorrow, and forever, a price has been paid for me. Today, tomorrow, forever, a price has been paid for me. That's very important. And Jesus is that price. In this instance, Jesus gave himself to the slave owner. Jesus did not pay the price. Jesus is the price. He didn't pay the slave owner something. He gave himself to the slave owner. So Jesus is the actual price for our redemption. And that price is eternal. That is the price Jesus paid for our salvation, which is our redemption, is his person. So let's go a bit more in detail. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Everybody knows that man sinned. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 All have sinned. So since all have sinned, the wages of sin is death. Not the wages of God. The wages of sin. Not the wages of God. The wages of sin. What is a wage? A wage is a payment. Or the payment of sin. Where do you get a wage from? It is a reward. Meaning you have done something. When you have done something, you are paid wages. When you have done something, you are paid wages. So, the wages of sin is death. Notice, he didn't say the punishment of sin. He said the wages of sin. Because people believe that God punished man with death. Mm -mm. God did not punish anybody. He didn't call it the punishment of sin. He called it the wages or the salary that sin pays is death. It is called the wages. That is why the next statement, but the gift of God. The wages of sin, but the gift of God. So, both a wage and the gift of God are given. The wages are given by sin. The gift of God is given by God. Don't forget, it is wages, not punishment. 
the wages or salary of sin. And you cannot have wages if you never walked. You're only paid wages when you walk. So both the wages and the gift of God are given. One of them is deserved because it is a wage. The wages of sin is what a sinner deserves. But the gift of God is given to a man that does not deserve. Wages for a man that deserves it. The gift of God to a man that does not deserve it. So both wages and the gift of God are given. The other one is called a free gift. A free gift because it is something you don't deserve. One is what you deserve because you worked for it. Man actually worked for debt. Man actually worked for debt. The wages of sin. The salary that sin pays the man who sins is debt. It's not a punishment. It's a salary. It's a reward given in response to a performance. But the gift of God is to a man that does not deserve. Please, I need you to listen carefully because if you understand this, you won't be thinking of confessing sin. The wages of sin, the wages of sin, not the confession of sin. Sin does not have respect for confession. Sin will pay you wages. When you sin, you must collect your salary. Freedom from sin doesn't come by confession. It comes by wages. Freedom from sin comes by wages. So if you really want to take care of your sin, collect your wages. What is the wage? Debt. It's a legal issue. It's not a sentimental issue. It's like you committed a crime in the society and you are taken to the court of law and you are convicted and sentenced to prison for 50 years. And then you lie on the floor and start confessing and start crying. And your entire village comes to that court and lays on the floor and they are crying and begging and wailing. It does not change the judgment of the constitution of the nation because it's not a sentimental issue. It's a legal issue. Sin is a legal issue. Crying does not bring forgiveness. Begging does not bring forgiveness. Confession does not bring forgiveness. If you really want to take care of your sin yourself, then you've got to die. But listen, the bad news is that the death of a sinner cannot pay for a sinner's crime. So even if you die, it is wasted. That is why a God will come in the form of man, sinless, and die man's death. That's the whole reason for the incarnation. Because man cannot pay. Man can't pay. It's too expensive. Man can't pay for his sins. What sin has offered man is too expensive. It's death. So God said to Adam, pay attention. The day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in dying you will die. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. So man actually worked for it. Man actually worked for it. Look at Romans 5.12. Glory to God. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Please pay attention. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. 
So the result of that sin is death. So sin is man's effort. Sin is man's effort. Life is God's gift. Sin is man's effort. Life is God's gift. And every effort is rewarded. That effort is rewarded with death. That effort is rewarded with death. And this is very vital to understand if you will understand salvation. You must understand that death that came by sin is a legal reward for the effort of the sinner. It's not a punishment from God. It's a salary from the employer who employed man to sin. And who is the employer? Sin itself. That's why it is sin that pays the wages. Man's effort brought death. God's gift is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Man's effort brought death. God's gift is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So let's go back and ask a question. Where did death come from? Clearly, death did not emanate from God. Because the Bible calls death God's enemy. Death is a creation of sin. Death is a creation of sin. Death did not emanate from God. Death was non-existent until man chose beside life. So death is the outcome of man's choice. By one man seen a sokomai, the Greek word. It means a foreign object that did not exist was introduced into the world and death by sin. So death is a creation of sin and sin is a creation of man. So by default, death and sin are products of man's labor. They are products of man's effort. God didn't create death at all. It is the sin of man that created death. Please stay with me. So, death was non-existent until man made a choice beside life. So, we have seen that death is a reward for a job well done. Death is a reward for a job well done. That great, wonderful great wonderful reward that death offers after you have sinned death will come and say well done you deserve me the wages of sin is death look at romans chapter 5 verse 8 you will love this romans chapter 5 verse 8 but god commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. The wages of sin is death. We sinned. Our wage is death. Jesus intercepted and collected the wages of sin for us and gave us an offer of life. That's the love of God. He intercepted. He collected the wages of sin for us and gave us the offer of life as a gift. So the wages of sin is death. That means man worked for it. Now, now listen carefully. While we were yet sinners, 
and deserve the state we were in and deserve the reward we got. While we were in that state, Christ died for us. That is where we can refer to death as a punishment. In Christ dying. Because Christ did not sin. So his death was a punishment to him. To us is our reward. Christ coming into the equation, what was our reward became his punishment. So the person that is punished is Christ for our sin. If we were to harvest it, it will not be a punishment. It will be our reward or the reward for our effort, our action, and the reward for our work or our hard work. But for Christ, it is a punishment. That is, he took on himself what was on us. So death came to Jesus as what he did not deserve. Death came to Jesus as what he did not deserve. Please pay attention. Death came to Jesus as what he did not deserve. If you understand what I'm teaching today, you will never ask a question any longer on confessing sin. Death came to Jesus as what he did not deserve. Life came to us as what we did not deserve. Death went to Jesus as what he did not deserve. Life came to us as what we did not deserve. We deserve death. Jesus took the death he did not deserve to give us the life that we did not deserve. That's the grace of God. That's the love of God. That's the magnitude of God's love towards man. Now, Jesus, who is the ransom and the redemption for humanity, will not offer himself, I mean, will now offer himself. Remember, he will not pay for us. Remember, he will not pay for us. He is the payment. He will not pay for us. He himself is the payment. He offered himself. He offered himself. He takes on the responsibility. He takes on the responsibility. Now listen. Death is a state. So, him the slave owner was a legitimate slave owner whose weight is rightfully his. So, the measure and value of the slave, Kabayada, the measure and value of the slave is death. The slave is useless where God is concerned. Because when the slave was calculated, his worth and his value is death. And God was ready to invest into a liability. God looked at the slave in the hands of the slave owner who is worthless. Who does not have anything to offer. And God said, he is worth the investment. Right now he may be of no value. But the moment I step into his shoes, my value becomes his value. Shakolada. The moment I step into his shoes, my value becomes his value. Now, so the slave is no more valuable than debt. So if I am going to pay a price, the price value will be debt. 
if Jesus is going to pay the, if, if he's going to give himself as a price for us, the value of that price will be death. That's what the Bible says. He took upon himself the form of a servant, made himself of no reputation because we were of no reputation. Our total value was death. So God now decided to step into our shoes and identify with our worthlessness. And in that identification, invested his value into our account. So he became worthless to make us worthy. Worthless to make us worthy. He took my place so I can take his place. Zakolata. Zakolata. So, it's not just like magical death. Jesus didn't die a magical death. He didn't faint. He gave himself as the price. That is, giving himself as a ransom is death. That's why Romans 4.25, look at the way brother Paul will communicate the thoughts to the church at Rome. Romans 4.25, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Was raised again for our justification. That is, he was delivered up. He couldn't have done it any other way. Because the wages of sin is death. There was no shortcut. There was no diversion. The only way to settle the matter will be death. That's why in the Old Testament, they could only interplay with types and shadows. Because the death of Jesus was reality. So there was no other way to communicate it other than types and shadows. Helping the Old Testament people to see the import of what it is going to take God to free man ultimately from sin and Satan. Because the spirit man of man was dead. Man in the Old Testament had a dead spirit. There was no way. No other way. He was in a dead state. And that state is what Jesus came to pay for. So let's look at death a little more. What kind of death are we dealing with? What kind of death are we dealing with here? It's not the beating and the nails. You know, when they took Jesus, all that beating and all the nails that were used on him, and I'm not trying to downplay the import of the price, but that whole thing was not the main work. Criminals today, in some places, are beating more than that, and they take it. So that physical beating that you saw in the passion of the Christ, that entire physical torture was not the price. It's a part of it. A very little part of it. We will look at where the full import of that price is. Now, please pay attention. So, we need to look at the debts. And in order for us to understand the import of the price paid for our freedom, so that when we are enjoying our Christian life, we enjoy with reckless abandon. So that when we are enjoying what Christ has done for us, we enjoy without apology. It is an understanding of what was paid or what was at stake to free us that will make you tell the devil you are too small to tamper with my relationship with God. 
This understanding is critical and fundamental. So let's go to the types and shadows. Remember, Jesus is a man. He is not an actor. The death of Jesus was not an acted script like Nollywood. It was not a cunningly devised fable. Uh -uh. It was not a cunningly devised fable or a script that is well written. Let's go quickly into it. Leviticus chapter 16 verse 5. Pay attention. Leviticus 16 5. We read to verse 10. And he shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats for a sin offering and one ram for a bond offering. That's Aaron is talking about here. Next verse 6. And Aaron shall offer his bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make an atonement for himself and for his house. And he shall take the two goats, underline two goats, and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one for the Lord, one for the Lord, and the other lot for the scapegoat. The other lot for the scapegoat, or it is also called in the Hebrew, goat of escape. Nine. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell, and offer him for a sin offering. Ten. But the goat, but the goat, but the goat on which the Lord fell to be the scapegoat or the goat of escape shall be presented alive. Shall be underline that shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. Now watch this. So two goats. Look at the process. Two goats. Look at me everybody. Look at the process. Two goats. One goat a sin offering. And what will he do with that goat? Look at Leviticus 16.12. Leviticus 16.12. We'll read till 20. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord. And his hands full of sweet incense beating small. And bring it within the veil. Next verse. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord. That the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat. That is upon the testimony that he die not. Next verse. And he shall take of the blood of the bullock. And sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering. Pay attention. Shall he kill the goat of the sin offering. That is for the people. And bring his blood within the vial. And do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock. And sprinkle it upon the mercy seat. And before the mercy seat. And he shall make an atonement for the holy place. Because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And because of their transgressions in all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remained among them in the midst of their uncleanness. 
And there shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when he goeth in to make an atonement in the holy place until he comes out and have made an atonement for himself and for his household and for all the congregation of Israel. Next verse. And he shall go out unto the altar, that is, before the Lord, and make an atonement for it and shall take of the blood of the bullock and of the blood of the goat and put it upon the horns of the altar round about. And he shall sprinkle of the blood upon it with his finger seven times, and cleanse it, and hallow it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And when he hath made an end of the reconciling the holy place, and the tabernacle of the congregation, and the altar, he shall bring the live goats, so two goats, observe what this will do. There was a sin offering and there was a live goat. This will allow the children of Israel to approach the tabernacle, the sin offering. That first goat, which is the sin offering, when it is killed, it will give the children of Israel access to approach the tabernacle. When the first goat is killed, please follow this. And then Aaron shall lay his hands upon the live goat and confess all the sins of the children of Israel and all their transgressions. Look at that Leviticus 16, 21 to 22. Leviticus 16, 21. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel. And all their transgressions in all their sins. And putting them upon the head of the goat. And shall send him away. By the hand of a fit man. Into the wilderness. 22. And the goat shall bear upon him. All their iniquities. Unto a land not inhabited. And he shall let go the goat. In the wilderness. So this is the live goat. First goat killed. Blood sprinkled upon the tabernacle for the people to approach the tabernacle for their uncleanness. Then the second goat will bear the responsibility. So two goats. One will be killed. One will be alive. The one killed, the blood will be sprinkled in the holy place. The one that is alive Hands will be laid, the sins of Israel will be confessed on it, and a fit man will release it into a wilderness that is not inhabited. Now please stay with me. Observe, it is for the people. And this second goat will be responsible. The second goat will be treated like Israel. The first goat will be offered for Israel. First goat Offered for Israel. Second goat treated as Israel. I repeat. First goat offered for Israel. Second goat treated as Israel. Now observe. First goat killed. Second goat kept alive. So what relevance does that come in today? Look at Luke 22 verse 19. Pay attention. Luke twenty two nineteen, And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave unto them saying, This is my body 
which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Observe, he broke the bread. How do you break bread? He tore the bread. Now, verse 20 of Luke 22. Luke 22, 20. Likewise also, the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Go to 1 Corinthians 11.24. 1 Corinthians 11.24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Next verse. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Give me verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the lost death till he comes. So that means that the bread and the blood, bread and blood deals with two aspects of Jesus' death. Remember, we're dealing with the legal and vital work of salvation. The two aspects of Jesus' death. That is the blood and the bread. The blood, or yes, the body in nature, the body of Jesus, constitutes of the blood. So, the body and blood deals with two aspects of Jesus' death. And you have seen again that the two goats deals with two different things in redemption on the day of atonement. Atonement means when the price was paid or the day of reconciliation. So two things. Number one, two goats, two aspects. One dead, one alive. The body and the blood Two aspects of Jesus' redemptive work. Now, the goat will be offered on the day of pacification. Now, let us go back. Let us go back to man. Please keep these details because they will, be, they will come in handy in a minute. Let's go back to man. Genesis to God said to man, In the day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. So, in Genesis 3, Man ate of that tree and man died. But when he died, did you observe that he still continued to live? Because the man died, but the man was still talking. He had died, but he was still alive. He had died, but he was still moving and talking. That means... This man lived for over 900 years as a dead man. So in Genesis 3, the effect of man's sin is obvious. His eyes were opened. So he was dead. Notice, man is a spirit. He has a soul. He lives in a body. Definitely, man was dead in Genesis chapter 3. And the resultant effect of that death has 
was communicated to him. From dust you came, to dust you shall return. So spiritual death is the mother of physical death. Spiritual death is the mother of physical death. Please stay with me and pay attention. We will see that very shortly. The state man was, after the fall, produced physical death. Definitely, that death is a state. Not just an experience or an encounter. It's a state. It is a state that produces the encounter of physical death. The state of spiritual death produces the encounter of physical death. That is, it's a state of things. That is why Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, pay attention. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. But observe, even though you were dead, look at verse 2. Wherein in time past, you were dead, but you walked. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience, and that disobedience is to the gospel. Verse 3 now. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature a state. We were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. The children of wrath, even as others. So, we were dead in sin. Which means, the dead is a state of sin. That is, the dead came out of sin. A spiritual state. A state of sin. So, there were two goats. Two goats. One goat to be destroyed. The other goat cannot be killed. What was God communicating to them? That man is a spirit that has a soul. That Jesus' body will be offered. And then Jesus will be the, that indestructible part of man. So that means Jesus will have two sides. The destructible part and the indestructible part. Like the goat that will be used for sacrifice and the goat that will be kept alive. The body and the blood. Two aspects. The legal and the vital. Please stay with me. Now, Jesus' body will be offered. And then Jesus will be that indestructible part of man. His spirit will be presented to God and humanity. His spirit will be presented to God and humanity. So, that goat was alive. That goat is a type and shadow that represented the spirit of Jesus. That spirit of Jesus is what was paid for eternal redemption. Yeah. Look at First Peter 2.24. I'm enjoying myself. I don't know about you. First Peter 2.24 Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. 
by whose tribes you were healed. Did you observe that the issue with the second goat was not the sins laid on him. The issue with the second goat was the separation. Hands are laid on him. Then a fit man will carry him and send him to a wilderness not inhabited. So the issue was the separation. The second goat. The issue was the separation. He was taken to wilderness not inhabited. A separation. And he was kept in no man's land. So in First Peter 2, 23-24, it deals with the body of Jesus. He bore our sins in his own body. It deals with the body of Jesus. The first goat. The body of Jesus is the first goat. That separation is what we are going to look at now. The second goat. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Glory to God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be seen for us. Who knew no sin? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He made him sin for us. Who knew no sin? Let's observe. We said the second goat is for separation. And it must be presented alive. Take it away because that was the best way God could communicate with man's state. The spirit of man is indestructible. Yet it was dead. The spirit of man was dead. But it was not destroyed. Because the second goat must be released alive. Must be presented alive. Death was defined in Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3. As separation from God. Death in Genesis 2-3 was not extinction. It was separation from God. Not extinction. Because if he was extinguished, that means he was finished and not alive. But this goat, the second goat, will be separated and released to the wilderness alive. That is man's state. While he is alive and separated, he will err and commit sin. The first goat is to handle that side. The second goat will handle his spiritual state, death. That is separation from God. Genesis 3. If you observe that the first communication of God with Adam was that God came to Adam, which actually never happened. It was just a communication. All right? God came to Adam and God said, Where are thou? Adam. Where are thou? At that point, who moved away in Genesis chapter 3? Was it God who moved away or Adam? Adam. Adam was the first. He moved away and God went looking for him. At the cross, who moved away? God. Jesus cried, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? So, in Genesis 3, man moved away from God. 
And from Genesis 3, God chased after man. Until Jesus showed up, took the place of man. When Jesus became sin, God walked away from man. God walked away from man. For the first time, God walked away from God. For the first time, the depth of the love of God towards man. Man moved in Genesis 3. In the redemption, God moved. And both are spiritual death. The separation of God and man is spiritual death. That separation was spiritual death. So Jesus died spiritually. And he died physically. Because man died spiritually. Which resulted to physical death. Why? Because we are establishing the legality and the vitality of redemption. Kalabadam. We're establishing the legality and the vitality of redemption. I love the way brother Isaiah will put it as I close this service. Surely, he was wounded for our iniquities. Bruised for our transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was upon him by his tribes. We are healed. He took my place in death. I take his place in life. I was joined to death. Jesus because of me. Separated from God. And joined himself to death. And sin. So that I. Will be separated from death and sin. And legally joined to God. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Stand on your feet. That's all I've got for you tonight. Tomorrow, I will continue from this point. There are riches of redemption. Riches of redemption. Brother Paul calls it the unsearchable riches of Christ. Unsearchable. Father, I pray for everybody tonight in this building, online, on radio, all those watching on television, Kingdom Life Network all over Africa and Europe and the Middle East, all those connected on social media globally, and everybody that is a part of this service in the house centers and campuses, grace abound towards you. You will always have sufficiency in all things. You are bound unto every good work. The eyes of your understanding flooded with light receive revelation. Receive revelation. Receive revelation. You grow in grace. You grow in knowledge. You abound in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command that you enjoy the riches of his grace. I take authority over mindsets that have been hindering you from enjoying this glorious light. We cast down imagination. We bring down every thought under subjection to the obedience of Christ by the gospel. We clear your mind. And we command the revelation of Jesus to rise big on your inside until nothing else matters. Father, we give you praise. I thank you that you hear me always. Now we rebuke sickness and disease. Satan, get your hands off of God's property. Wherever people are hearing and watching, where there has been an attack of the spirit of infirmity, hey, you spirit of infirmity, lose your holes and out. In the name of Jesus. Your body be healed. Be healed right now. Receive it. Receive it. In the name of Jesus. 
And where you need a miracle this week, receive that miracle. Receive it. Take it. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for your word confirmed in the hearts and minds and lives and activities of your people today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. What a joy tonight. Are you blessed in this service or what? Glory to God. Get an offering. Let's give. Remember, we will take the offering quickly and then we will switch to the next studio where Mr. Michael Bush is already in the house. We'll, I'll be connecting with him there and we will interact. Open phone lines, answer your many questions that keep pouring in every day. It's, it's getting more and more exciting in this particular 30 days of glory because clarity upon clarity is coming except one who is not sincere, who remains in deception. If you're very sincere, this is the beginning of a liberated life for you in Christ Jesus. Get a good offering. We give in honor. We give with joy. We give liberally. We give generously. When you see Jesus, money loses value. When you see Jesus. The revelation of Jesus opens up to you a world of generosity where you pour not only your money out, you pour out your soul to be a blessing to other people. Blessed to be a blessing until all the families of the earth be blessed. That's the mandate. Getting the gospel to everybody. Grab your offerings, everybody. The, those of you on TV, banking details are scrolling for you and everybody else. House campuses lift it up. Father, we rejoice tonight. We give in faith. We give with joy. We give intentionally. We give sacrificially. We give willingly. There's nothing we have that you have not given us. It is out of the abundance of your riches that we have all that we have. And tonight, we worship you with it. We honor you with it, Jesus. And we give it responsibly for the advancement of your kingdom. And we give you praise that our offering is a sweet smell before you today. And we thank you for the privilege to make a difference in the gospel. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Glory to God. I want to thank all the partners who have been giving tirelessly to the cause of these 30 days of glory. And tirelessly for us to be able to get the gospel around the world. I want to truly appreciate all of you. We love you and thank you for helping us make a difference in the midst of a dark world. Praise God. Remember, I'll be joining Mr. Michael Bush in the next two, three minutes. Invite friends, invite family members, invite people that have been arguing with you and arguing and arguing about the things we are teaching. Ask them to come on board. We're ready for them tonight. It's going to be a great time of, of celebrating and, and celebrating the light of God's word. Alright? Looking forward to connect with you and until then, enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. For these other messages and books by Dr. Abel Damino, please call plus 234 